The following presentation is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network. Welcome to the Northern Nerdcast, the podcast that showcases the geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events in and around the city of Edmonton. Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Visit their website at albertapodcastnetwork.com. If you like the show, we invite you to share it on all of your social media platforms and help grow our community of geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events in and around the city of Edmonton. Would you like to be a contributor to the show? For more information, visit our website at northernnerdnetwork.com. And now, here's the host of the show, Dan Chessel. All right. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Nerdcast. Uh, I'm so excited to be here, and I am so excited to have the number one co-hostess joining me once again, <laughs> Chelsea Thompson. Say hello. Hey, everybody. Um, Hi, Chelsea. Hi. <laughs> We also have uh, joining us uh, in our in our third rotating chair, I, I would say, is uh, Christopher Webster. Uh, say hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, I was just saying this is uh, I've recorded a few podcasts in my day and doing it live is particularly nerve wracking. I hope I don't <laughs> fall out of this chair. We'll see what happens. You never anything know. Anything can happen. happen on a live episode. Could... Anything we can are happen. Live. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are well, was... super, super excited to be uh, chatting with everybody tonight. Uh, first off, however, we do like to get down to the soul of every person that comes on our show by asking them what's on your geek shelf or nerd shelf. Uh, so Christopher, what is on your, your shelf? Oh, if only I had time to prepare. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, I had to put some thought into this. A heads, um, a heads up that we did this kind of thing. Uh, I have two uh, five-year-old twins, so my geek shelf has, has very quickly become their toy shelf. But um, <laughs> I was uh, I uh, a couple weeks ago. I went to see a movie called Solo. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, by your just by your hat, Dan. I assume you you have. Maybe you even uh, saw it in the theater, like I did. This is but, the um, bad thing I I've seen. <laughs> after the uh, after the film, I was going down uh, you know the rabbit hole of. Um, ending explainer articles and goofy articles uh, about um, you know the uh, how it fits into the canon and all that stuff and I came across an article about the um, the uh, origin of the cloud riders and uh, it was about how the cloud riders from uh, solo first appeared in a comic like a old Marvel like Bronze Age comic uh, Star Wars comic and I thought to myself I think I have that comic and sure enough uh, from years ago, I found my old big stack of Star Wars comics from ages ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I brought them out. And uh, they're all Star Wars ones. But the one in question, of course, is this one. Get my headphones back here. Is this one. This is the Star Wars number nine. And uh, this is after, they, after Marvel, um, I guess, adapted Star Wars, A New Hope. Yep. They started doing their own stories, and this one's sort of a uh, sort of seven samurai um, story where ha Han Solo and uh, um, a bunch of other kind of ragtag, uh, you know, a sort of a ragtag team have to get together and and protect a town from the Cloud Riders, uh, and there they are right there. 
So that's the comic that uh, sort of the origin of those characters from Solo. I thought that was kind of cool. And um, I'll just show you one more from this pile. I mean, talk about uh, Luke Skywalker, a, a Star Wars story. Mm. This is the original prequel. This is the untold story of Luke Skywalker um, before uh, his adventures in A New Hope. So you can see him in this in this one uh, uh, targeting uh, or uh, you know uh, when they wampa rats with his teeth or womp rats. Womp rats would be something different. I guess those would be um, uh, on Hoth. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what else does he do on this one? He uh, well, I mean, all you know, Biggs is in this one, and and all that kind of stuff. So these have been really cool to read. And I'll and I'll tell you this: the thing I love about these comics is the old ads. So I don't know if you can see that one, but this is for like Slim Jims or something. And this one says, uh, satisfy your meat tooth. <laughs> and um, I like that. I thought that was pretty good. I work in marketing. I don't know if I'd get away with, with a tagline like that um, these days. So satisfy your meat tooth. That's the, that's the takeaway from tonight, tonight's uh, episode, I think. That is a uh, that is pretty that is pretty epic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so it's been I, pretty fun going through those comics for sure. Uh, yeah, and I got a lot of them. So, and my my son is five, and he he likes to look at them as well. So oh, it's yeah. been kind of a cool like father son uh, Star Wars thing. My daughter likes Star Wars a little bit, not quite as much. It's great being able to share uh, that kind of stuff with your kids, right? Like. Uh, I have so many old comics that my I know my kid just loves to go uh, rummaging through all the time, and yeah, we, I always get a good kick out of the 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 ads because <laughs> some of them are so ridiculous. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty funny. They're they're pretty funny. Um, what else is on my what else is on my geek sh shelf? I don't know if I have a couple more minutes. No, but, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm a movie guy. I like uh, I've always liked movies since I was a kid. I write about movies for a few sites, have been for a few years, and um, uh, I've taken to collecting steel books. It's almost like uh, the world told me that uh, physical media was dying, and I came up with a reason <laughs> to keep buying the, the, the stuff. <laughs> so I've been collecting all these weird old steel well, not old steel books. A lot of them are new steel books, but a lot of old movies and steel books, stuff like that. So I thought I'd show a couple of those. Um, uh, so this one I picked up. This is a German steelbook of Johnny Mnemonic. Mm. And uh, now look, this is not an endorsement of this movie. It's not like I think this is a fantastic movie. It's a, a I would say, a um, interesting failure. And um, <laughs> I was captivated by the the cover. I mean, I love cyberpunk uh, stuff. And uh, you know, this this version has uh, commentary and it has like the Japanese uh, cut that's hard to come by. Um, so this was sort of a must-have for me. And it's region-free. So even though it's German, you can watch it on whatever player you have. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, last thing I'll nice. show, I guess, from my geek shelf is, um, are you guys familiar with Mondo? Uh, at all? So Mondo, they do, um, no. started out as like a print. Um, they do like uh, posters, like geek movie posters and stuff like that. Um, but they have a whole line of Canadian exclusive steelbooks. And so this is one for Ex Machina that, that, that they put out. And um, Mondo's known for their sort of uh, very beautiful um, artwork and stuff. Artwork. This is really minimal and it's hard to really see what's going on there. There's like a little figure there or something like that. And um, yeah, so you can kind of get the texture. It's like the texture for skin or whatever. Oh, yeah, anyway, all of a sudden I feel like, have you ever seen those channels on YouTube where it's just people talking about their movie collection <laughs> every week? <laughs> Here's the Blu-ray that they bought this week. I feel like that. but. Um, Anyway, yeah, so 
you know, I just, like I said, I cannot uh, say goodbye to physical media. I still yeah. have to. Uh, well, sometimes the art totally worth that you have a shelf full of beautiful pieces of art. No, totally. That's exactly right. Um, you know, these things for me are like art, you know, I mean, of course the films are art, but, um, just, you know, I'm, I, I also collect vinyl. I collect books, you know, it's all kind of, I mean, it's probably a malady of some kind, but, um, <laughs> you know, whatever it's, I, things of beauty. That's awesome. Uh, so Chelsea, yeah. um, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Um, but, uh, you, we're gone. You took my wife away from me for a few days there. I did. Yes. Me specifically. Yes. <laughs> Not that it was a collectively planned trip at all. I yes. objected and absconded with your wife. I yes. was just like, I it feel like taking left me on my own. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. No, your lovely wife um, who uh, loyal watchers and listeners of the show will know. Um, we have been friends for years since high school. We met in grade 10 math class mm. and uh, two other good friends of ours from high school uh, planned a girl's trip down to Las Vegas. So we were gone for four days, five days oh, um, wow. and it was super fun. So we walked up and down the strip and did a whole bunch of exploring and I rolled the roller coaster on top of New York, New York and we went for a day trip out to the Grand Canyon and stopped at a tiny little town along Route 66, which is basically like the real life version of Radiator Springs from Cars. Mm -hmm. It was kind of amazing. Uh, and the, getting on our way back, getting to see the Hoover Dam all lit up at nighttime and then the Grand Canyon itself, which was as spectacular as everybody says it is. Uh, and then, of course, the crown jewel of the trip, um, the whole like kernel of the idea that started it uh, was when your lovely wife found tickets to Celine Dion on her actual birthday. So we got all gussied up and went to see Celine Dion, which was an experience. It was a life experience, that is for sure. <laughs> she throw definitely knows how to like give a concert. She is a showwoman, that's for sure. That's is awesome. there um is there like a, does she have a uh, like an orchestra with her or some kind of musical accompaniment or band or what's the setup like for her? Yeah, so she has uh how many? She, so she had three backup singers, a guitar player, a uh, uh, saxophone player, a trumpet player, a trombone player, a string quartet, well, two percussionists and. One of her numbers, she even had like a backup dancer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. With one, two, three, four costume changes or four or five costume changes. Yeah. Really? Mm hmm. Yep. Show woman to the max. That's impressive. Um, but I, I, you don't but I like, she's not like phoning it in then, like after all these years. No, no, it's definitely, you can tell it's her thing. It's what she does. She loves it so much. Um, yeah, and just actually my of the concert, like Arnold Treasure, I don't, I know her music and I can sing along when they come onto the radio because that's just kind of the type of music that she makes. It's catchy and everybody kind of knows it. 
Um, but my favorite parts of the concert were actually when she like stopped to interact with the audience. And she was just so like, she was just so French Canadian. It warmed my little Canadian heart. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. How she could talk about like everything and nothing all in the same time while wildly gesticulating and being hilarious in the most like French Canadian way possible. That's awesome. Uh, we have Aaron in our chat room, uh, of course, uh, and he says uh, she never does anything less than eleven. <laughs> Which, if you watch is a the Deadpool, reference to the new Deadpool. Yeah, if you um, watch the Deadpool the uh, trailers there uh, with Celine Dion, uh, that's that's what you get. <laughs> Which she sang while we were there. It yes. was great. I heard. Um, I heard there was only a, a select few people who were like cheered for that though. All the Canadians in the audience, I have no doubt, because they're all also Ryan Reynolds fans. But I was, I made the comment to the girls that like the Venn diagram of like nerdy comic book fans and Celine Dion fans who would get friends, where that section where it meets the four of us sitting in the theater, <laughs> and that was it. That's awesome. I'm going to wait for a second, but I'll be right back. Okay. Uh... Can we do that? Is that something we can do? Okay, I'm, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'll, I'll stick around. I'm not going to leave you alone, Dan. Don't worry. That, oh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, no, I think she's just jumping out just to see if she can get her internet connection a little bit better. All right. Uh, as for myself, I guess, uh, I I spent a lot of time uh, running around on my motorcycle uh, this week. Uh, I got a, a bike here. And uh, I, so I, I was able to get out quite a bit. Uh, we managed to go to Lake, Lake this weekend, uh, which was also very nice. Um, what else did we do? Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, my, my week has been really boring. Um, I had no wife so for a, a bunch of it. So I kind of... But you, you gave yourself a Father's Day treat today. Or so Facebook told me. Did you not? Well, the kids were at the movie. Oh yes, I, yeah. Like I said, I was just I already talked about me going for a ride. Uh, that was my. I just pictured. I just pictured like a lonely, a lonely uh, montage of Dan riding his motorcycle to sort of the top of a cliff and staring out into the open, <laughs> thinking of his, of his loneliness yes. for his wife to return. You know that is probably <laughs> very similar to what I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> just I, sharing a moment with nature yeah i did just go out there and all you know I'll, most of the time i actually just drive out to a lake i i ended up uh somewhere out by devon today uh and by uh the north saskatchewan river uh so it was a beautiful day uh just to it was nice just to get away and just like i know my wife took my kids to go see incredibles today and i'm like you don't want to go see that movie so uh she took the boys and oh. gave me a chance to just go out for a nice little ride so that was that, that was nice want to see the incredibles you want to go see it oh totally it was uh it's one of my favorite pixar movies and i can't believe it took them this long to get a sequel and i'm so excited i um i have not been able to go and see it i was hoping to see it as soon as it came out but i haven't been able to make it yet so i'm hoping to go in the next couple of days Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think that uh, is just about it. Uh, should we take a quick little break here 
and uh, we'll get back and we'll start talking about story fix uh here. yeah let's do it all right i should be more prepared for this kind of stuff you think eh? <laughs> well you're only one guy i mean you're you're hosting you're doing all the technical stuff you're running the soundboard to make our beautiful like catchy ad music happen i mean I there's catchy ad music yeah. oh yeah just wait for it <laughs> All right, so this edition of the Nerdcast is brought to you uh, by ATV. Uh, and if you guys go on over to atv.com slash listens, you guys can find out how banking equals happiness. Uh, and that is right. Uh, here at ATV, um, they want to hear from you, and they want to make sure that uh, you guys have a really great experience every time. Uh, and so, uh, I know myself, like I had to like, like, cause we deal with ATB all the time. I actually got, uh, all my cards put onto my phone now. So now I got to go up to like, you know, all the, those pay pass things or the tap to pay. And I just tap my phone and that's it. Whoa. It's, it's like magic. Uh, and ATB can help you set all that kind of stuff up on your phone and all that kind of stuff. So Go to the atb.com slash listens and you can find out how ATB is listening to you. So go check that out. All right. So today we have uh, Christopher joining us uh, as we're going to talk uh, a bit about story fix. So uh, first off, I'm just kind of sort of want to ask uh, Chris, what is StoryFix? <laughs> well, StoryFix is a little company with a dream, Dan. And that dream <laughs> is to uh, produce quality content uh, for the global market. Um, no, uh, but in all seriousness. <laughs> that was series, beautiful. I, that, is, that is an yeah. advertiser right there. Yeah, I should come on. I'll, I'll start reading your ads. Um, <laughs> no, but speaking of phones, Dan, and ATB, and putting all your cards in your phone, StoryFix makes games for phones. That's awesome. Um, nice. Well, I, uh, but, but anyway, going back to the beginning, thank you very much for asking. Uh, StoryFix Media is, uh, in fact, a small company. Um, and uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and it, it came together. Well, the first thing is it, 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 it is a, a media company in that it is that we are publishing uh, mobile games and books. So that's what we're going to start with. And uh, it it came together in nice. a very quick way, in a very in in the same way that like a band comes together. Um, I was thinking about this. I've played in bands for years, and um, I've been writing for uh, a long time, and uh, uh, screenplays and books and all this kind of stuff. And um, I'm very lucky in that I get along with my family. So my my two brother-in-laws and my sister-in-law we have sort of a movie club in everything but name in that I drag them to the movies all the time and uh, we go together. And so, I don't know, we just, it was like, hey, you can write. Hey, I can code. Hey, you know, we need a business guy. We need an accounting person. We need, and then we all kind of just decided to sort of put the gang together and um, see if we can uh, make a game. And so uh, we published our first book, like I said, in May. Uh, it's a book that I wrote called New Horizons. It's like a YA coming of age adventure, sort of like the 100 or um, Lord of the Flies. I I like to uh, I like to sort of refer. I, 
I like to sort of say that it's like David Fincher's The Game meets Lord, meets Lord of the more Lord of the Flies. Um, here, I'll just I've got it on my bookshelf here. Plug. There it is. <laughs> nice. So this is the this is the first in a trilogy. I really and, like the cover, um, by the way. Just I, I oh, let me let, let, let me let me pause on that one then. There you go. It's a um, flame for people spear. who can't see what the cover is. Can you explain what's going on there? It is a flaming spear, Dan. And uh, um, let's just say fire plays an important role in shaping uh, the soul of a boy into a man. Nice. And uh, so, um, so we have, uh, yeah, I mean, Story Fix is just, we have uh, a lot of ambition and we're sort of doing what we can with what we've got. We have a game uh, coming out for mobile uh, devices um, in about a month. And it's sort of a science fiction, like interactive story. It's like an, one of those interactive fiction games. I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Lifeline or um, uh, games like that, but it's uh, you know choose your own adventure type deal, but it has the added benefits of games, like variables and you can pick up items and you can build relationships nice. with people. And those relationships sort of pay off, right? Um, and, and, and you, you uh, can affect the plot of the game just by the relationships you build. Um, I love like cause those are the <clears throat> I I really like to do when I when I'm playing games like I like having a good story for mm -hmm. one and then on top of it I like having good choices and good characters that I can interact with and that sounds awesome. Yeah, so I mean the Let's... reason that the oh sorry Chelsea go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say I those types of games. I mean console games so like wolf among us and any of the walking dead games that are all interactive and your choices affect the outcomes of the game and the relationships you build i love playing those types of games they're they're so much fun yeah like those so telltale to be, able to, to be able to have one on your phone that you can take with you anywhere and not be chained to your console nice yeah and um speaking of walking dead like there's a company called telltale and they do mm -hmm. a lot of they do some mobile walking dead games and they're very similar. I mean, they have a lot more graphics and stuff, but they're very similar in that they're text-based um, choose your adventure games, and it really does rely on. They're built to um, change depending on the choices that players make. But the reason we call the company Story Fix is, of course, you know, we really want to be story focused. Um, you know, we believe that, you know, it, it to build a game without a good story or to write a book without a good story is just not going to work for anybody. It's not something we're going to be proud of. So, you know, we really hammer out the story. Um, first before we get started. Um, so yeah, so the game coming out is called The Pulse and uh, it'll be out in about a month. We're just, we're just looking at spreadsheets and debugging this thing like crazy right now. So it's pretty much done. We just got to get it working properly. All the effects and music and stuff in there. Yeah, we're pretty excited. So let me ask you, um, what, what prompted you guys to do something like this? Like what was the, what was the impetus for, the, for something for this? That's a really good question. I mean, I like I said that it 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 wasn't um, it came together very quickly, and it wasn't something that we really sat down and hashed out for years. It, it sort of happened. Uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law over lunch, and I, I didn't even know that he had been uh, coding. He sort of taught himself how to code, I think, or he does it for his job or something. I, sh I should really ask. <laughs> but he sort of, you know, that he asked me. He just said, you know, because yeah. I've been writing for a long time, I, and I always pick his brain about stuff I'm writing and tell him about it, and I, I always assume he does not care. Um, <laughs> but sometimes you just need a sounding board, right? So no, no offense, Gareth. Uh, but um, I, you know, I think he was paying attention, and um, he just asked me if, if this was something that I'd want to partner on 
on tr trying to make a game. And, and uh, I said yes, and then we just kind of took it a couple steps further and decided to um, turn it into more of a media company where we could publish across multiple platforms uh, in multiple mediums. So like not just, not just on games, but like let's see if we can branch out and do, like I said, books, for example, um, publish a trilogy and see what happens. Uh, and the thing that I liked about it is I've been trying to work with producers and um, uh, publishers and that kind of stuff for a long time. And, you know, there's something about giving away your uh, rights to your work that I never really liked um, the idea of. And um, there was something attractive about being able to sort of uh, keep control over everything that we make, even if it's not some sort of major blockbuster hit. It was just the idea that, you know, signing a contract with someone or, or working on a TV show or whatever, that it, it always comes with some paperwork that basically says, you will give us the rights to your work and we can do whatever we want with it. And you try to, you, you try to negotiate some rights for yourself, but it's very difficult um, unless you're the one that has the, you know, controls the money. So we just, let's do something small and, and own it and it'll be something that we're proud of. And, uh, you know, we're very proud to be in Edmonton, for example. I mean, there's a lot of people making games and stuff, but, you know, this is a community that I'd like to learn about and get, get to know some of the folks in it. And, uh, you know, honestly, being on this podcast with you guys is a, is a really important first step in that. Um, this is not a community that I totally know a lot about in Edmonton. I've been, I've been hiding in front of a computer monitor for like too long. <laughs> Well, uh, after the show, I may be able to point you in, a, in the right direction on a few. A few directions, few yeah. We yeah. do have an, uh, you are right, we do have an awesome, Edmonton has an awesome community um, full of great people. And so it's always wonderful to see more and more people adding to that. I think Dan and I say often that's one of our favorite things about doing this show is just meeting this really super cool people doing awesome things um, <laughs> in our own backyard, right? Yeah, that is that is right. Um, so you you keep talking a, a bit about your writing. Um, let me just kind of go back onto on this one is a little bit as well. Um, what really got you fired up about writing? Like, what was that thing that made it so that you became so passionate about this? Well, you know, like I said, I've been a movie fan for a long time, and the the thing that really I would say got me interested in the idea of writing is, uh, you know, being a big Star Wars fan, <clears throat> you know, those behind the scenes Star Wars features where they really got into how George Lucas wrote Star Wars and how he was inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, for example. That was the first time when I was younger where I realized um, I'm not the only person that's ever had this epiphany, but that someone actually writes these movies. You know, when you're a kid and you watch movies, you, you just sort of think that they... You don't even know how they're made. It's like, it is magical. It's just magic. It yeah. Just, and then, it happened to be on screen. Amazing. It, it, you know, it sounds silly now as three adults talking about it. Like, of course we know that it's a, you know, writers and directors and actors and a whole hundreds of people, but in, in, in the crew. But when you're a kid, you sort of was sort of like, oh, someone like just had to sit in front of a you know, keyboard and write this thing out and dream it up. So that was the first inkling I would say. I mean, if you really want to go back, but um, the real fuel, the, 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 the spark that that lit the dynamite, I would say, and this is a, kind of a weird story, but I'll, I'll tell you anyway. Um, I've been a film blogger for a long time, but I was, uh, I was in a writing class uh, a few years ago, and the teacher was going around the class and telling everyone what their strengths were. And um, I'm an okay writer. I mean, 
you know, I'm not the best, I'm not, would never claim to be the best writer in the world, but she got to me and didn't have anything to say. And so, um, I, I was struck by that and I was, I was, uh, convinced that I would, uh, you know, I left the class and I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to write something because, um, you know, I don't know, maybe that for whatever reason, it just, you know, there's nothing like somebody telling you, you can't do something to make you want to. <laughs> <prove the laughs> product, I guess. So I started writing like crazy. I wrote my first screenplay, which uh, eventually became his first book. And, um, you know, now I, there's a TV show coming out that uh, I was, I was privileged to write on. Uh, uh, it's coming out pretty soon. It's called dark web. It's got a lot of big actors in it. Uh, like Gabriel Luna, uh, who's, who's just got cast in the new Terminator. And, um, uh, some acts from from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic De Detective Agency. It's and um, you know so I love I Dirk. Know, that was a, a fantastic show. Oh yeah, Douglas Adams is just one of the best. I mean, one of the absolute best. I really liked it as well. I mean, Max Land has gotten himself into some trouble, and uh, mm -hmm. you know I think some people are kind of turned off by by his involvement. But I think it's a great show, and everyone's in it. Great Elijah Wood is great, and he's so funny in it. Oh yeah, and the guy who plays Dirk Gently, I don't I don't remember his name, but the British guy, he's hilarious, you know, great show. Yeah, I agree. So well, thanks you, for, thanks for letting me ramble. <laughs> well, you sent, you sent us some links before the show and I, I looked up the, the show that you were writing for. Um, and yeah. it sounds really cool. Uh, it reminded me, the premise sort of reminded me a lot of Black Mirror, which I can't get enough of. So something along those same lines, I'm really excited to see when it comes out. That should be awesome. Yeah, so the, the, the production is finished, and it's just, uh, I think it's in the hands of a sales agent. Of course, their job is to go around and find a, a distributor. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, fingers crossed it ends up on a streaming platform that everyone has access to. Um, there's been some leads, but I, I, I can't really talk about that here, unfortunately. But NDAs and all that jazz. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It, might, it, it, it could end up somewhere big. We'll see. But, um, I mean, yeah, that was a blast to work on. Um, producers on this, you know. I shouldn't badmouth producers. The guys who who put this together uh, were really great to, to work with. Very very creative. Um, did you? I don't know if you ever saw this. I, I assume you guys both have Netflix. Yeah. But they they produced a, like a, a small film that Netflix bought called Circle, and it's a really kind of strange science fiction movie where it's like fifty people um, have to stand in a circle and they can't move out of their spot, and um, every ten seconds or something or every minute one of them gets killed. I mean, it sounds horrible, but it's actually like a thought experiment where they have to decide which person's going to die. So it's like, um, it's kind of like uh, if you were in that situation, like what criteria would you put on the person that, uh, you know, like, is it that person's rich, so they get to live or that person's, you know, a doctor, so they should live, you know, it's that kind of, that kind of philosophical thought experiment and it wrapped up in a science fiction movie. It's mm. kind of a neat, it's kind of a neat movie. Um, and uh, you can find that on Netflix. It's something else they produced before this one, but it's, it's, it's worth tracking down. It's called circle. Nice. I think I saw the trailer for that, but I haven't watched it, but I will go and seek it out now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would recommend that tonight, but sure, sure, sure. Sounds good. Now, um, I to think about these live things. I don't know what I'm going to say. Anything could happen. It's, Again. Yeah. We, <laughs> we fly by the seat of our pants here. It's a thing that happens all the time. Um, so that epiphany moment, of realizing that somebody wrote these movies um and taking when you took that class was that the first time that you'd actually like sat down and written something or as a kid do you have like 
snippets of, you know, what's your recollection of like the first I, thing that you wrote? That was the first thing. And, you know, I had been blogging about movies for, I would say maybe three or four years. And uh, it just struck me that I am spending a lot of time writing about other people's stuff. If I'm such a big movie fan, I should try to write my own movie. And, uh, you know, as an experiment, you know, just to see if I could. That, that, if, if there's anybody listening who wants to be considered being a writer, I mean, that, that's really what it's all about is just you just kind of have to sit down and write a page and then write two pages and, you know, just see if you can get to the end of something. That's, that's the hardest part. And uh, Just go and do it. Yeah, it's easy to say. It's, you know, but you, you have to, you know, it comes with some sacrifice. You have to kind of let people know, like, I want to hang out with you tonight, but I got to do the writing. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, so I think that was really it. I mean, it was just a, 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 a dual thought of me kind of thinking, I should really, like, decide if I want to do something like this, um, mixed with somebody in a roundabout way suggesting that, that uh, you know, they weren't sure if I had it in me. So, um, so yeah. And that's, 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 that's all it takes. So is there, is there something particular about science fiction or fantasy as a genre that you think lends itself well to storytelling that sort of gives you more of a creative flexibility? Is that why you're drawn to that particular genre or, you know? Um, it definitely allows you to paint in, in broad strokes. Um, uh, and it allows you to play with um, parable and allegory, and it allows you to look at something like Joseph Campbell's, um, you know, Hero's Journey, for example, and map a story in a very um, universal way. Let's say that. So that that's one part. Like that that's not the hard sci-fi part. That's kind of more the fantasy part, I suppose. Um, where something like that, if you were writing a literary fiction about I don't even know if this is true. This is just a sense I have that if you're writing literary fiction about, um, let's say, me as a teenager going to high school um, and my grandmother passes away, I don't know if that that um, structure maps on quite as neatly, or or like the three act structure, like the Hollywood three act structure, um, doesn't map on quite as neatly. So I like sort of creating like the really neat outline, let's say, for better or worse. And of course, the science fiction part is just that. Um, you know, you talk, you get to talk about very specific things that you see in the world um, and make them the, the sole focus of a story, you know? So like, let's say class struggles or something that just can become a whole, a whole, it can be the focus of your whole story or, or immortality. What if you could live forever? What does that look like? You can just graph, you can create a whole kind of universe off, off of one idea, which, you know, like I say, if you're doing something more literary, I don't know if that, if that holds quite as much, but you know, whatever. That's my thought. Yeah. So along those same lines, as you're sort of in the very beginning stages of writing and formulating your ideas and coming up with, well, what if this happened or what if that happened? Mm -hmm. Find the genre allows you, I don't know, maybe a certain level of more freedom that like no idea is too wild or insane when it comes to the genre of science fiction, as if it were something a little more literary grounded in, you know, the reality of like you and I getting up and living our lives every day. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there's two parts to that. I think eight, one, there's an, a, an escapist element to that. So you can escape into a world um, and, and they're as fun to write as they are to read or to watch. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. 
um, which is surprising. You think it was a slog, but you can find yourself lost in your own goofy universe um, uh, just as much as in a in a you know a great science fiction movie or whatever. Um, and the second part is, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised what you can get away with when you're when you're making it up. You know, when you can make up your own kind of rules in that way. Um, you can't have too many rules. That's like a rule that you should break. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've heard that. You know, yeah. I remember when when Ryan Johnson, um, who of course directed Last Jedi, he uh, directed Looper. And mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you guys have seen that. I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. And um, and Brick. And Brick, also yeah. another great movie. Uh, but this is totally a tangent. But you know, in Looper, he's got he's got time travel, but then he's also got telekinesis or whatever, you know, where people can make things move or whatever, they, they, they have this power. And people were criticizing him like, you're not allowed to have two things. You can only <laughs> have one thing. You can only have a time travel or telekinesis. You can't have both. Um, but, you know, inside science fiction, there really is no rules. I mean, you can, if you can make it work, you can make it, you, you can come up with whatever you want. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, we You, you kind of touched on a little bit about uh, like creating your own world. Let me get a little bit more into that like what does it take for yourself to to create some of the 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 settings and the and the world building that you you do for your books or for for your writing um so like how do i develop those worlds kind yeah. of thing like where do you start from yeah um okay well let me talk about my book uh, for for 2 seconds it starts with a challenge uh so the first challenge i gave myself was i wanted to write a ya novel but i didn't want to do anything dystopian because dystopian uh science fiction was really hot like the hunger games and maze runner and was, everything was dystopian right now everything was in the future everything was post-apocalyptic everything was dystopian yeah, and i and i i wanted a, to to write something that was similar to that um but i gave myself a challenge to come up with a different kind of uh world because um, that just seemed like it was it was like following a trend or something, and I wanted to challenge myself. So I came up with the environment in the book, which is a mysterious kind of uh, brat camp uh, enclosure that's in the woods and created this whole sort of culture that existed inside that where these kids have been left there. They can't escape. There's no adults. And their, their, their own kind of mini cultures have evolved, their own hierarchies, their own power structures, their own um, things like that. So um you know developing those developing those worlds is fun but you should give yourself a challenge like it's easy to kind of build a world like game of thrones uh you should throw yourself you should challenge yourself i would say to come up with something a little different or just like come at it from a different angle or something like that i don't know if that answered your question but uh it was pretty pretty close <laughs> to what i was i was going for that was all right good. all right good all right uh how about you there chelsea you got anything else um, yeah, so going back to your game development for sure. a little bit, um, and going back to, you talk about the importance of story in all of the media that you're creating, but with the game development for your sort of player interaction, uh, as Dan and I often mention on the show, we like tabletop games and role-playing games, is that, um, are those sort of game mechanics stuff that you referenced or drew from as you were creating, um, uh, you know, mechanics for your game? You know, I had to do a lot of research into that. And my brother-in-law, if he was here, he'd be better to speak to that. He plays more games than I do. He's been a, I don't know if he would call himself a gamer, but he's, he's a gamer. I mean, he's, he, he knows all <laughs> of these games. He sends me links every day about 
game mechanics and all the stuff you're talking about because it's a learn that's definitely a learning curve. Um, it's very different than a linear, um, you know, novel is just kind of page one to page 300 or whatever. It's linear. Movies are linear. Uh, screenplays are linear. But but games, especially the kind of games we're making, they can just they branch and branch and branch and branch and branch. And every every decision has a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it there is a lot of um, consideration that needs to be to 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 be made in terms of the, the kind of game mechanics you're talking about. It's a bit new to me. Um, I tried to listen, just listen to as many podcasts as I can about it. They had a, there's a podcast called Writing Excuses that Brandon Sanderson is on. And they, they, they did a, uh, a podcast about um, sort of game writing. And I sort of listened to that. Of course, that podcast is 15 minutes because you're in a hurry or whatever. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, um, it, it wasn't too in depth, but, but no, it's a good question. I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's a different medium for sure. It's a different medium. It's a different set of of uh, skills. I'd like to take a, a quick moment and and maybe talk a little bit more about your game itself. Um, sure. What what kind of like what is the story? What what can people expect when they when they start playing this game? Um, sure. Well, the sure. Well, the game's called the Pulse. Um, I have to be careful about giving too much away because it's it's. I'm a I'm a big fan of Lost. Whether you like the ending or not, I was a huge fan of Lost. I love the way that it doled out mystery. And uh, every answer and, like, just was sort of asked, asked another question. question. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I think our game wraps it all up neatly. Um, it, it's not purgatory. But um, <laughs> but um, so basically how it starts is uh, you get a call on your phone. It's uh, um, a woman has, has woken up in a, in a sort of a strange motel in a dark town where she doesn't have a memory. She can't remember how she got there. Her, her hair is cut, it's dyed, um, and there's a radio on the bed. And there's, she's, there's some things left in the room that she's obviously left herself, but she can't remember why um, or what she's doing there or what, what she's supposed to do. And so, you know, part of the game is, is you know, being with her as she sort of discovers uh, who she is and, and, and uh, what, her, like what her identity is and what's happened to this town. Um, and, and, uh, and some of the secrets, some of the secrets that's going on. So I, I it's, it, it's tough to get too much into, but yeah, no, that's great. I, I'm kind of excited because that, that sounds like something so amazing. I'm, I'm kind of, where, where can people find this when the, when it releases, when is it going to release? Like what can people well, expect here? You know, the best thing to do, I would say, I mean, it's going to be on iTunes and it's going to be on uh, Google play. So it's on the big sort of stores. Um, the best thing to do really is just, you know, find StoryFix Media on Twitter at, uh, at StoryFix Media. Uh, follow us there for updates. Um, we're working on uh, building out a website right now for the game. So it's, it's uh, you know, we were, we're, we're just polishing up the trailer and we're doing a couple things. So it's a bit early to, to, to go there. But I think if you just find us on Twitter, that's the best place for updates. Uh, like I said, I mean, we're looking at about a month out. So, so yeah, I, ho- I, you know, I hope people check it out. I think they'll dig it. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited. All right. Uh, so should we take another quick little break here, and we will get back and we'll talk about uh, some of the events that are going to be happening in the city and uh, continue on. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hit us, miss some more catchy music, Dan. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this edition, like I said, is brought to you uh, by the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, and right now, uh, the Alberta Podcast Network has its listener survey that everyone uh, should uh, go out and check out. Uh, we would really like to hear from you guys and what you guys 
are enjoying about the the pot uh, about the about the network um you know which uh podcast you listen to all that kind of stuff uh because you know what alberta podcast network uh is just chock full of amazing alberta made podcasts and uh we just love to hear from you guys a little bit more about that so um i would appreciate or you know i'd like to encourage everybody out there in our uh podcasting world here and our listeners um to go check out uh albertapodcastnetwork.com slash surveys uh survey and uh go and check that out uh and yeah uh we want to hear from you guys uh and just yeah <laughs> that's all i got i'm sorry i did not plan that one out as well as i thought i had uh so go on over to albertpodcastnetwork.com slash survey uh right now and uh yeah tell us what you think yeah, tell us what you think there you go I don't, know, I don't know dan maybe we need to get a writer to write some ad copy for us <laughs> maybe all right. Dear Alberta Podcast Network, <laughs> who's who, these? Whoever reads these ads should be fired. Oh man, that was that was awful. But I I I I know everyone out there uh, gets the point. Uh, hey, Dan, yeah, this is what you get when you do it live, man. This, no is, this is what happens when you do things live. That's right. Uh, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. <laughs> I tell my kids that all the time. Uh, yeah, uh, I work this with. Is what, this is what you get when you have kids, right? Lines. Yeah. yeah, you get you get lines like that. <laughs> All right. So first off, uh, for our events coming up this month, we have on June 18th we have miniature painting at the lodge. So at the gamers lodge, uh, and that's this is tomorrow, and this is before this will air. So people who are watching the show, uh, you guys get a little bit of extra. Um, go on over to uh the gamers lodge between 8 and 11 30 and they're gonna be painting some minis so that sounds like take some of your miniatures over there dan i i need to get some my, my minis uh painted so that mm -hmm. would be a good idea uh moving along on july 8th uh we have escape saint albert uh and if you guys go on to uh, e escape st albert.ca uh, you'll find out some more information about this event. Uh, and this is a simulations event, uh, proudly presents Escape St. Albert. Uh, this locally produced event is the second in our, of our city, and you won't want to miss it. It's a race against time. Follow clues, riddles, and solve puzzles to discover a series of objectives and locations scattered around the city. Have your game card marked as you reach location, uh, solve a puzzle, or complete a challenge. The team to complete their card first and make it to the finish line will win. You can, can your team be the first to escape St. Albert? Uh, so that sounds just absolutely amazing. Uh, and I encourage people to check that one out. And that's happening on July 8th. Uh, yeah, check out Escape St. Albert. Uh, moving on to July 9th, uh, we have Make Your First 3D Video Game. Uh, and this is help, uh, hosted by eips next steps uh continuing ed uh and this is a sensational youth camps develop a game concept that goes beyond limitations of the traditional 2d game and learn the physics behind 3d games uh explore beginner event scripting level design controlling flow of gameplay and storytelling uh and so that is going to be happening uh at uh in sherwood park uh so go on over to eips continued continuing ed.ca 
Uh, and then one more event I'd like to always make mention is Fragapalooza is happening on mm -hmm. August 9th, and that is going to be four days of awesome gamingness. Uh, so I really encourage everyone to go and check that out and uh, sign up for that. Uh, and then you can go find out more information about that at fragapalooza.com. Well, that is it. I want to thank you guys so much. I want to thank Chris uh, so much for joining us. Where can people find you guys yes. once again? Chelsea, you go first. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yes, thank you so much for joining us. And please tell everybody out there where they can find you uh, oh. and check out all the awesome things you have going Sorry, on. Sorry, I thought you I thought you were also <laughs> going to tell the good people where they can find you. That's okay, but I appreciate the double thanks. Um, that's that's You guys are, are, are way too nice. Uh, well, they can find me. Look, I'm on Twitter, like everyone else, trying not to get too mad, at uh, Chris D. <laughs> Webster. Uh, that's Chris D., like dog, Webster. Uh, or at Storyfix Media uh, is the best place to find to find me. And you know what, guys? Thanks a lot. Thanks to you too. It's been a blast to be here. I do have one more thing, and I I almost forgot to mention this. Um, I do apologize. Um, July twenty first, uh, Jeff Watto and uh, Take Twenty is doing an event at Happy Harbor Comics um, with our last guest, uh, um, uh, Mark uh, Sherbert. Uh, so. They are going to be trying to raise money for Mark and his take and his uh, D and D campaign that he's got going on for the kids. Uh, so I really encourage people to uh, go and check that out. And that's happening on July twenty first at one o'clock at Happy Harbor Comics. So, yeah, sorry, I just about forgot. To that <laughs> I listened to that podcast actually. That was a good one. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and that is it. That is all. I want to thank everybody out there. Uh, once again, for joining us here on this edition of the Nerdcast. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Nerdcast out. Yeah. Are we still live? Do I have to smile? This little, am I stressed to smile? <laughs> we are still live, but we have more catchy music coming and a oh, complete right. outro. Okay, I'll hold the smile. You're doing great. My outro is not working. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> really, I don't know why it does this. Nope. No outro Te today. Technical difficulties. Well then, thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.